The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. All right, here we go. We're rolling. And by we, I mean me. Sarah Burke here. This is the Women in Media podcast. And I asked you how I should celebrate International Women's Day and kick off Women's History Month last week on social media. The votes came in for a solo episode. So here we are. Women's History Month is internationally recognized every March and, by the way, in October in Canada. But nonetheless, any celebration of women's achievements and contributions, I am all for it. And let's please include those queer friends who are female identifying in this discussion too. I want to start by acknowledging the theme for International Women's Day this year, which is Embrace Equity. The campaign is to get us talking about why equal opportunities are not enough, People come from different places, have different starts in life, so true inclusion is going to require equitable action. It has been a year since I've done a solo episode, and it's great timing. It's something I've been thinking about doing more. It's also the perfect opportunity to celebrate the second anniversary of this podcast. Crazy! And of course, I want to reflect on a year since I quit my job. I created the Women in Media podcast, knowing even then, in March 2021, that I was unhappy in my job and I was going to eventually need to make a change. The recipe for this change was A, another platform and a different audience, B, a way to prove my skill set after 15 years in radio without really knowing what I wanted to do next, and C, A community of like-minded individuals to share stories with, learn from, and lean on. This last part has become perhaps the most important over the last year. What I'm trying to say here is that although I didn't make the decision to leave my gig until a year ago, I didn't make the decision overnight. And I'm only now realizing that this podcast was born out of my experience there. Now, even a year later, it's still fresh. As a matter of fact, you are not hearing my first go at this episode. That was far too raw and angry, and I deleted the file as fast as the company deleted me. (laughs) Heyo. It's taken me this long to talk about it, and my intention isn't to play dirty here. It's just to share the journey, because if there's anything I've learned from doing this podcast, it's that someone else might need to hear it. And I'm going to be real with you here. I have things to say that I'm still scared to say. But I'm a little less scared than I was a year ago. I've grown another layer of skin since. And when social media votes for a solo episode with some tea, you're going to get a solo episode with some tea. So let's get into some of that. And not for the sake of my ego, but for the future women who work in this industry. This is taken from some stream of consciousness writing I did this week, which is always my favorite way to get my thoughts out of my brain. There are many things I have realized in the last year of my life. My time at this job I left a year ago would have ended the exact same way whenever it ended. If it ended a year earlier, if it ended five years later, it doesn't even matter. The ending, which I am going to speak about in a moment, was a product of the environment and structures that have been in place for a long time that continue to protect and even reward inappropriate behavior. What's the cost of the protection, though? And what if the cost is progress? 
Hey, I've had to look in the mirror, turn inwards, and do a hell of a lot of work on being a better version of me. I'm far from perfect. I feel strongly when I say that organizations need to do the same exercise. And I say this still loving several of my colleagues from said organization, people and teams that I'm still rooting for here, just from a different vantage point. My exit was extremely unfortunate. That's how I'm going to put it. But let's rewind, okay? It's February 25th, 2022. After pouring almost every waking hour of my day into that job, which I'll say again, I loved, I knew it was time to go after a number of incidents with leadership. You really have to pay attention to your body and the way you absorb stress and how your body tells you that something is wrong. I had stopped getting my period, and for that, I had already taken a mental health leave months before it completely freaked me out. I had been yelled at in person before at this organization, and that memory is so clear. You know when you can feel the heat of someone's breath falling on you as they stand over your shoulder basically barking at you? Anyway, that memory is from a time when I wouldn't dare talk about this stuff, so it's pretty far back. But... The pandemic has afforded us screens to hide behind, cameras to turn off if needed. I had never been yelled at through a screen, even. But after this, I could hardly move. I could not turn my camera off. I just sat there and took it. I could barely get through the rest of the workday, and it wasn't the last time it happened either. I tried to confront this person. And what unfolded was the dictionary definition of gaslighting, honestly. I love how I tried to manage it. I thought I could make it better, find common ground. I couldn't. We couldn't. Things came to a head, and I typed up a resignation letter. I gave 30 days notice. I wanted to cover off vacation my staff had already booked, and I figured that would be enough time to get some projects done, so I wasn't going to leave anyone hanging. That's what I was the most concerned about, was leaving the team hanging. And at the time, I was pretty distraught about resources, knowing we were going to launch a ton of new content in the coming months, and I didn't feel like our team was prepared. I mean, if I'm strapped and my staff is strapped, who picks up the slack? Or is it just a game of, like, who has the mental breakdown first? In the past, I used to take on all the extra things like a badge of honor. You've probably seen it on my social media. As if to say, I can handle this. I can handle as much as you want to give me. But this time, I hadn't even recovered from what I'm going to call the holiday programming marathon burnout that came around every year. And I had decided for my mental health, I could simply not do another year. Even taking a couple of days of already planned vacation that was rescheduled from like COVID times to ski with my best friend was enough to stress me out just three days. It meant working around the clock to have some time off. And that's how it was every time I had vacation. While I was finally on that vacation, I received an invite for an exit interview, which I did request on my way out. So I come back from my three days I get logged into that meeting where the survey I filled out that was pages and pages and pages was not discussed or reviewed. I was promptly told that I was relieved of my duties and I get that that can happen in this industry, but I kind of believe I was relieved of my duties that day because leadership wanted to silence me. And more importantly, hide behavior 
that I don't think would fly anywhere in the current climate. Sorry, but that's my truth. And there was a lot more before the Zoom yelling, which I'm not even going to get into. I left this position with my heart in a million pieces because I loved the job. It really hurt to leave. And here's the lesson I learned about the universe having my back. Ironically, moments before I went into that fake exit interview meeting, I guess that's what we'll call it, the organization sent out a company all-staff email wishing me a happy five-year anniversary at said company. (laughs) To which my colleagues began replying, only to receive bounce backs. Sarah Burke is no longer with the company. I was swiftly locked out of all systems, so the messages started pouring in on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram, and really anywhere you would find a public figure with a social media imprint. It didn't make sense to my colleagues, and the best part was, I didn't have to say a word. Also, ironically, during Women's History Month just one year ago... The organization was marketing a female-centric content initiative called She's Got the Mic. And I guess I need to say thank you. Thank you for the inspiration. So here we are, one year later, and I'm still saying thank you. Because in an effort to silence my voice, I found it. And it's the strongest it has ever been. The point is, I'm not showing up on International Women's Day to whine about how I was treated. I'm pulling up here in front of my microphone with so much gratitude for the new path that experience led me to. I'm here to reflect on what I've learned over the past year and to talk about how I poured my anger and sadness into something no company will ever own. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually, better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are. A few years after we left our previous jobs, we've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden. 
Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. I never said it was easy. There were lots of tears. The little voice in my head was yelling. You're going to regret this decision. Your name holds no weight without that business card. The voice telling me that doing an evening radio show, in the meantime, wasn't good enough. I felt like I had taken 10 steps back with that one decision. And I had goals in my journal that were completely unrealistic, like, by this month, I will have a new full-time job. As you can tell, I needed a full stop, a little breather, a reset. I let myself be sad for a few days. Then I did what I always do, and I went to the gym. I made myself a pact that while everything else was in flux, I would show up there every day to maintain some level of structure in the chaos of my decision. I didn't want to lose myself by sleeping until dumb o'clock every day and sitting around being sad. And my little community at F45 Sunny Lee played a huge role in my healing, and I don't think anyone really knows the extent of it. The coaches, the women especially, who I've been working out with for a year now in that 915 class, it's really become like a second home. And I am so grateful for even the perspectives outside of radio and media that these women have brought into my life. I got to mention one of the girls right now, Tatiana. She was waiting for her family from overseas in Ukraine to join us in Canada. And eventually her niece started working out with us. And man, she made deadlifts look so easy. And how did she put a lot into perspective for me? All these women lead totally different lives than me. They work in real estate as flight attendants. One is a, a librarian. And I'm so inspired by all of them. Sometimes you find inspiration in the places that you least expect to. And I mean, the guys are cool too, but that little fitness community has really helped me get through the past year. And of course, I've spent a lot of the last year in therapy, flipping the script. Doing an evening radio show in Market One is a privilege. People want to work with me based on my skill set and my work ethic. Working full-time for a large media company may not be my dream anymore, and that's okay. I ended up on the same red carpets, award shows, events, and panels this year, just representing myself instead of a company, and that felt really good. Watch for me at the Junos in Edmonton later this week. I spent a lot of time learning my worth and unlearning certain behaviors over the last year, I learned to advocate and negotiate. I took a lot of risks and I tried on a lot of different hats and it's been nothing short of extraordinary. It may have taken a year, but as I settle into my new normal, I just want to say I wouldn't change a damn thing. You know what's been really nice for a change? Working closely with women in leadership roles. What a breath of fresh air. <laughs> when someone isn't threatened by you your skill set, or your voice. That's the money. When someone truly trusts you and lets you do your thing, you can just do a good job without worrying about how others feel about it. And back to the universe and its wild ways. One of the first phone calls I received after the news had spread that I left my former position 
was from Canadian country musician Don Amaro. He was first calling as a concerned friend, and we got through that part of the conversation. And second, he was looking to collaborate with someone on a podcast of his own, not really knowing where to start with a wonderful idea. In September, we launched his Through the Fire podcast into the world, and it's been so special working with him on this project, which explores how people get through the most difficult times in their lives. I'm actually going to drop a link to that in the episode notes so you can check it out. But that was a bit of a full circle moment for Don and I, because our first impressions were years ago at a studio session. When you treat people with respect and kindness, it always comes back around. That's what I believe anyway. Don, thank you so much for being along for the crazy ride over the last year. And thank you to your superhero manager, Lori Brown, who's been amazing to collaborate with too. Podcast consultation has become a bit of a reality. And as someone who's hosted a few, some of which tanked completely over the years, um, I want you to know that if you have questions or you're thinking about starting your own, please reach out. I'm happy to jam. And you may remember, I had Jan Arden on this podcast over a year ago, and it was kind of a pat myself on the back moment, you know, to score a big interview like that. Fast forward to summer 2022. I mean, if you told the scared and anxious Sarah Burke of one year ago that she'd be recording weekly radio shows and podcasts with the Jan Arden, I would have laughed in your face. I've been filling the maternity leave for the incredible Caitlin Green, who I've certainly bonded with over the last six months. We've had some really long phone calls and hilarious text chains that I can't even get into here. Yet I've never met this woman. She's just been so incredibly kind to me. And don't even get me started on Jan. She is hands down the best boss I've ever had. And I'm not just saying that. I have received more feedback from this woman in six months than I've received from my last three full-time managers. The good, the bad, I mean, we're transparent with each other. And when I do a good job, she lets me know. She takes the time to send me a text and say, thank you. And that means the world. If you're a manager right now and you are hearing this, it's the little things. No one needs a medal or an award and of course they're nice, but what people really need is to feel valued and that they're doing a good job. If Jan Arden has the time to send that text while on a national tour across this country, anyone sitting comfortably working from home should be able to do the same. It's funny, I was telling her how weird I was feeling about this one year anniversary since I quit my job. Her podcast and show is super open-ended and it's become this like lovely hour every week where we just discuss the human condition. Jan, it's been like friggin' therapy and I can't tell you how much I admire how you take on the tougher subjects in life. You just won't find a better human than Jan. And I feel so lucky to even have the experience working with her. Now, I want to bring this back to International Women's Day and Women's History Month. And digging into a a few important moments for women in Canadian history here. 1875, Grace Annie Lockhart receives a bachelor's degree in science and English literature from Mount Allison University in Sackville, New Brunswick. The first degree awarded to a woman in Canada. 1903, Emma Baker becomes the first woman to receive a PhD from a Canadian university in psychology. It was the University of Toronto. As for the right for women to participate in politics and the right to vote, 
The women of Manitoba were first in 1887. Federally, this didn't even happen until May 24th, 1918. So when you're getting ready for May 2-4 weekend this year, sip on that. But there were so many election clauses before that time that went back and forth, prohibiting a woman from voting in the various regions that we now call Canada. It was constantly challenged. For First Nations women, they could only vote at this time if they gave up their status and their treaty rights. It wasn't until January 1951 when changes to the Indian Act would even grant First Nations women the right to vote in banned council elections. And going back to that International Women's Day theme, embracing equity, we can all challenge gender stereotypes. We can call out discrimination. We can draw attention to bias. We can seek out inclusion. That is literally the point of this podcast. This is how we drive change. And I'd be silly to not call out a few moments that I think really stood out for many women in media over the last year. Jennifer Valentine. On May 24th, the anniversary of a woman's right to vote in the country, she bravely posted a video documenting how she was treated in her workplace. While my experience was completely different than hers, I was brought to tears immediately. I remember squeezing my mom's hand as we watched the video together on Facebook, and I could not control the flow of tears coming down my cheeks. There's a piece of me in that Jennifer Valentine story, and I think many women in this industry. And to think about the courage that she had to record a video like that after several women before her experienced the same and were silenced for years, and to now watch a new morning show on that same Toronto radio station in question, featuring some of the same fellows. And sure, maybe they didn't cause the anguish, but they were there and they played a role, whether it was being complicit or enabling, they were there and they're still there. And I'll ask the question again, all this protection, at what cost? What if the cost is progress? What type of message does it send to this woman that they are still on that radio station right now. Only a few months later, we heard the news about Lisa Laflamme, which, as you know, sparked international uproar about sexism and ageism in the workplace. Again, because she posted a video to social media admitting that that decision to remove her blindsided her. You know, I read an article in The Star last week that her former company wouldn't nominate her for a Canadian Screen Award. Her name was literally scrubbed from the running as national news anchor. So Lisa took matters into her own hands and nominated herself. And to my broadcast ladies listening, by the way, nominate yourself every damn time. We've been conditioned to feel weird about that and you shouldn't. If you're proud of your work, go to town. Lisa's been named one of the three finalists for Best National Newscast as her news network celebrates 10 nominations that don't mention her name, but certainly carry her impact. And you want to talk equitable action? Look no further than my last episode just released on Monday with Julie Black. These women won't go quietly. And neither will I. We need a hell of a lot more action. And you don't need to have a huge following platform or audience to participate. So I just wanted to say cheers to the women of media past for paving the way. Cheers to the women of media present battling this every day. And to the women of media future, I hope you don't have to. 
I will even say thank you to the men who include us, who say our names in boardrooms full of other men when we're not around, who promote us and our work, and see us as equals, if not superiors. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please subscribe and pass this episode along to someone you think may need to hear it today. And happy International Women's Day. Let the conversation continue all year long. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's the slug? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.